0: Well, we are in our third lesson of the Divine Mentor Series, and we're going to be looking at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, and Judges 4, 4 through 8 today, and, and we heard a great sermon from Pastor JP last week about the story of Abraham and what we can learn from his life, and if you didn't get to hear it, I really encourage you to go on the um, app or on the... Uh, I think it's a podcast or whatever you call those things online that digitally you can hear it. And so you can hear it. I know it's there. And so I encourage you to do that if you if you happen to miss it. And what we're talking about in this series is the, the mentoring program that our Heavenly Father has given to you and to I, His children. And our text for the series is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, and here's what the Word says says, these things happened to them, speaking about the Old Testament examples that God gave us, as examples for us, they were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. And so, God gave us mentors to guide us through life. He is the divine mentor, and He gave us stories to look at, to read, to learn from, so that we don't have to make the same mistakes in our lives, we can learn from other people as they live their life, and we can become better. We can live better. We can go further. And last week, we talked about Abraham. He's a, he's a great man who, who was dealing with some pretty difficult situations. And so we, we learned from him how to handle some pretty difficult things. And next week, we're going to be learning from an, a, a negative example, actually. Somebody in Scripture who didn't do such a great job who really kind of messed up, and we're going to learn some lessons from him because we can learn from anybody, really. We can learn from those who did it great, and we can learn it from those who didn't do it so great. And so next week we'll look at that. But this week we're going to be looking at the life of a great woman in Scripture who has a lot to teach all of us, and her name is Deborah. Deborah was used by God to judge Israel at the time. There wasn't a king in Israel. God would raise up judges to be to, in essence, lead the nation when people wanted to know what God was saying or what God wanted them to do. They would go see this judge. And out of all the judges that God raised up, there was only one that was a woman and her name was Deborah during this time. Israel was ruled over by Jabin. He was the king of Canaan, and he, he ruled Israel for over 20 years. And then God began to work in the life of Deborah. He gave her a word, something that she needed to do. She teamed up with this guy, this general called Barak. And in doing so, they raised up an army, and they overthrew the the, the uh, occupying force, and Israel lived in peace for the next 20 years, or the next rather 40 years, and uh, Jewish history tells us that Deborah judged Israel for those those number of years. And so we see a woman who is in a male dominated society, who everything that everything around her, every structure, every everything that that uh, was supposed to be, said that she could not rise up to lead the nation the way that she did, and yet she did rise up. Everything around her said that she should have just been the wife of her husband, the mother of her children, and she really wasn't supposed to accomplish anything greater than that. And yet God raised her up. God used her for great things. And I would encourage all of our ladies here today. You might be a young lady. You might be an older lady. I encourage you. Don't allow your life to be capped by what the people or the expectations of the people around you may be. Don't allow the society around you to say that because you are this or because you are that, and specifically because you are a woman, you are not able to rise up and do something great for your kingdom, for your nation, for your world, for your society, for your culture, for your school, for your class, for your family, whatever it may be, God can do something great in you if he's called you to it many times we let other people say, you can't go there, when God says you can go there. The question is, who are you going to believe when it comes to the future of your life? Now, we know that God did not include anyone in Scripture for no purpose or no reason, so there must be some life lessons and life questions that can be answered by the story of Deborah. And so let's look at three life questions today that Deborah could help us learn how to operate from or let us let us look at her life and and she can answer these questions for us and the first question is this how should my identity be structured we all struggle with identity at some point we who who are we and where do we fit and that's exactly what our identity tells us it tells us who we are and where we fit and there's some people in the world right now who um Tell us that, you know, identity doesn't really matter because everybody has value and everybody is important in some way. And so it really doesn't matter where you come from or who you're connected to or it doesn't, none of that matters. It just, it just matters that you are a person. And I agree with that to some extent. But if you walk up and watch a person, a valuable, important individual, Get into the vehicle with your kid and drive away. If you walk up to someone, an important and valuable individual that's kissing your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your spouse. Or you walk up onto somebody in your living room. Suddenly, that valuable and important person... Better have an identity that you know about. Christy and I were in Chicago, and we were this was our first church that we ever pastored, and uh, we were sitting there in our home, and I heard a knock on the door, and before I could do anything, you know, respond to the knock, the door opens, and in walks a gentleman, and he walked. He said, "Hey, nice of him to say hello to us in our own home," and. And he walked across the living room, he walked into the kitchen, he opened up the kitchen the, the um, refrigerator doors, and he stood taking a gander at what was inside. I was stunned. Now, today I would handle this a little differently, but this was earlier in my ministry. It was, and, and this was a new guy coming to church, and he found out where we lived, and so he decided to come over. In fact, he said, I said, how can I help you? And he said, well, I was just in the neighborhood, thought I'd stop by for a visit, see what you had to eat. I've lived in Texas for a while. You ought not do that in my house, okay? But... I was stunned. I knew who he was. And if he had been my father, I'd have said, Have whatever you want, Dad. If he had been my brother, I'd have told him, Get out the house. I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) But because of who he was, I was just stunned by what he was doing. See, if, if you realize that the person that was driving away with your kids was actually your mother, you'd go, oh, okay. Now, she may be crazy, but she's my mother and I'll deal with her later. <laughs> if the person that's giving your spouse or the person you love a kiss on the cheek is actually their sibling, you go, oh, okay, then no problem there. Everything's cool. If you find out that the person in your home is a family member and somebody whose identity states they ought to be there, then everything is absolutely okay. But you have to know their identity to know where they fit. And you must know your own identity to know where you fit, where you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be kissing. There's a whole lot of trouble in this world that would have just not ever been if we'd have paid attention to who it was we were kissing and our own identity. (laughs) Now that's good preaching right there. Yeah. (laughs) It lets you know how you fit. And so in Deborah's life, Deborah understood her identity. Let's look at Judges chapter 4, verse number 4. It says, And Deborah, a prophetess, The wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. I want you to notice that it identifies her in a very specific order. It says that she is first a prophetess, she is second a wife, and she is third a judge over Israel. So, first was her identity in God. Second was her identity with her family. Third was her identity with her nation. She was a prophetess. That's something that she could only be called to. It was something that that God said, I want you to be this in, in my world. And I want to use you in this manner. And Deborah said, okay, I'll be used in that manner. And so, who she was in God became the primary identifier of her life. Then who she was with her family. And then who she was with her nation. My question to us today is, what is your primary identity? I've seen people who, who would say, well, I am a Christian. That, that's my primary identity. But when when a job or the world or, or something pulled on them in a way that was outside of God's plan, maybe a job called them to, to serve in a way that, that really wasn't godly at all and but but yet it was it was what their boss was telling them to do or or maybe maybe a relationship somebody that they love was asking them to do something now that god said wait on and they, they 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 followed the job or they followed the relationship they 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 allowed those things to become the primary identifiers of her of their life and then suddenly everything else became secondary what is your primary identifier in your life today? How is your identity structured? See, in my family, I, I have a wife and I have two sons and I love them all. And. And, and I'm, we're blessed with a good family. but and, and I try, I try to be a good man. I try to be a father that my sons can follow. I try to teach them how to be a gentleman and how to treat uh, ladies properly. And, and, and I, I try to teach them how to love Jesus and, and all of this stuff. And, 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 I, and I try to be a husband that's worthy of being married to a woman like Christy Sutton. And I, I try to be a man that she can look at with pride and, and say, you know what, I'm glad that I'm married to him. He's a knucklehead sometimes, but primarily he's a really good guy and and, and I'm, I'm happy to be his wife that's the kind of man that I want to be but I pray that as I'm raising these boys and as I'm married to Christy I pray that should I ever do anything so dumb as to walk away from Jesus that they would choose to be Christians first and choose to be connected with me second. I pray that Christy would say, you know what? If 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 he's going to go, that that is his choice, but I tell you what, I can't I can't follow him because I've chosen to make my relationship with God the primary identifying factor of my life. I am first a daughter of the king and I am second a wife of my, hu- wife of my husband I pray that my children will look at me and say, I love my Father with all my heart, and I pray that He makes the right choices to come back to Christ. But if, if He walks away, I am first a son of God, and I am second a son of my Father. What is our primary identifiers this morning? Deborah would teach us today, she might say, my identity starts with my relationship with God. And then it moves to my family. And then it moves to my nation. I encourage us today. Let's follow the example of Deborah. Let her mentor us in the structuring of the identity of our lives. doesn't matter where I am in the world. I am first a son of God. You are first a child of God. And then you are everything else that you are and that He's created you to be. How is my identity structured? God is mentoring you and I through the life of Deborah today. And, and the second life question that Deborah might speak to us about is, can I do great things even in humble circumstances? Can I do great things even from humble circumstances? You know, whenever you're called to be the judge of a nation, it ought to at least come with an office. You, you need an office and then you need a desk. And you don't need a little desk. You need an expansive desk. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the desk in the office of the church here. that used to be Andy's desk. Now it's my desk. And, and you can build a small city on that desk. Civilizations have been born on that desk. It's, it's amazing. It, it's a large desk. You need a big desk. And you need a chair. You need a good chair. You need one of those chairs that have the adjustable things in the back and stuff. If you're going to be a judge, you're judging the whole nation. So you're going to you need a chair that 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 flexes with you and has memory foam, because you're going to sit there for a long time while everybody comes to be judged. That's what you need if you call to be a judge of a nation. But let's look at what the Bible says about Deborah. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah. You know, it's nice that they would at least name the palm tree after her since she sat under it for day after day after day after day judging the nation. She sat under the palm tree. You see, we want to be comfortable in life. And so when when I know that my family's going to be comfortable and our life's going to be comfortable and everything's going to be comfortable and everything's going to work out okay, then it's easier for me to jump into those new things that God's calling me to. It's easier for me to say, everything's going to be fine, so I'm going to start this new venture. I'm going to step out into this new ministry. Everything's going to be good. I know it will. So it makes it easy for us to go. Christy and I... I've been privileged to plant a few churches now and, and until McCord, that really was the primary methodology of our, of our ministry was planting churches. And, and, and over the years, many people have told me, pastors from all over the place have told me, you know what, Micah, I, I, man, it's always kind of been in my heart to go start a church somewhere. And my question has been, then why don't you? And their answer is typically because it's hard. And I don't know how I'll pay bills and I don't know how this will work out and I don't know about all that and what will my kids do and where will they go to school and, 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 and all of these different questions come up and, and I know it's hard. And I know all those questions are there, but what they're really saying to me is, I want to do the thing that's in my heart, but I don't want to pay the price for doing it. Now, if God hasn't called you to start a church, please don't. Bad idea. If he has, though, here's what I would tell you. God will make you effective in what He's called you to do. See, I believe that Deborah could have sat anywhere in the nation. And the people would have lined up to hear from her. Because God had called her for to that purpose. He had called her for that purpose and for that time. She was a big deal. But she sat under a palm tree. And people lined up to speak to her and see what God would say to them for their lives. If God has called you to it, He will empower you for it. I've stood in in businesses that started in a garage. Owned now big buildings and and had locations all over the country starting from a garage. I've sat in churches That began in a living room or a small area in a civic center someplace. I've, I've had dinner with families that began with people who thought they would never be married, that they would never have children, that that time of life had just surpassed them by, and now they were, they were, they were never going to be, they were never going to experience those things, and now here we are sitting having dinner with them. I think what Deborah would tell us this morning, young person, old person, man, woman, I think she would tell us it doesn't matter as much where you are, as much as it matters that you are intentional in what you're doing. The old phrase is, dress for the job you want versus dress for the job that you have. My first job was mucking stalls. If you don't know what that means, it means you do a lot of this. You don't get the pretty side of the horse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and it was for a racing. It was for a, a stable that that had uh, uh, racing horses and stuff like that. And 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 it, I mean the the owners that met me, they 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 owned a lot and they they lived in a great big house and. And I lived in a motorhome, and and they they were uh, they they dressed fancy, and and all of their tack was fancy, and all of their horses were fancy, and and so I showed up for work fancy. I was wearing nice clothes, and because I, I wanted to, I wanted to impress. And I get there, and the lady who owned the place looked at me, and she said, "You're going to work in that." And I said. Yes, ma'am, it's a nice facility. She said, next time, come in T-shirts and jeans, and man, if you've got any boots, you're going to need boots. Wear some boots. Yes, ma'am. What she was saying is, don't try to dress for the head office when you're standing in a stall. Do what you're called to do where you're called to do it. And trust that God is going to bring the relationships. He's going to bring the right resources. He's going to bring the right people. If He's called you to do that, then, then He will meet you right where you're at. He will bring the right things into your life to where you're not going to have to stress out and worry about how can I make it happen. You're not going to make it happen. God is going to make it happen in you and through you. That doesn't mean that you have the work to do. Yes, it does. Deborah had to show up every day. She had to sit under that palm tree every day. She had to hear from God every day. She had to do what she was called to do every single day. But God brought all the resources necessary. But there was a moment when God said to Deborah, Deborah, I want you to raise up an army of 10,000 warriors. And I want you to go defeat the army of Canaan. And Deborah looked at that situation and she recognized, I can't do that. Here's the life question number three that Deborah would talk to us about. What if the vision I see seems impossible for me? She said, I can't do that all by myself. That's impossible. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm called of God. I'm a prophetess. But am I also called to be a general? Am I also called to, to lead this army? The vision to raise up 10,000 warriors was huge. And she could have done it on her own. She could have said, or she at least tried, she could have said, listen, I'm the prophetess of Israel. I, God has called me to do this. God has, I am the, the. Uh, I, I'm all that and a bag of chips. I, I am, I'm everything that I need to be in order to do this job. I don't know if they had chips in those days, but. She could have done that, but God gave her the wisdom to connect with somebody else. Look at what it says in Judges 4, six. Then she sent and called for Barak and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel co- commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor? Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and the sons of Zebulun. And verse number 8 says, And Barak said to her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. He wasn't concerned at all about raising the 10,000 warriors. He, he, he knew he could raise the 10,000 warriors. But he said, I tell you what, Deborah, if you're going to tell me to go fight, I'll go with the 10,000 men I've raised. But I want you to go with me. I want to encourage us in in a simple reality that we often overlook. When we're trying to do something great in our lives, whether it's build a great family or build a great business or be a great church or whatever it may be. If we're trying to do something great in our lives, let's make sure that the relationships that we build in our lives are reciprocating relationships. In this case... Barak didn't say, you've called me, let me handle it. I'll handle everything. You just sit there under your little palm tree and let me go fight this battle. Barak said, wait a minute, I respect you enough to show up whenever you call me. I I know myself enough to know I can go out and raise these 10,000 men. But I'm going to tell you what, Deborah, I respect you enough as well to say, if you're not going to come into battle with me, I'm not too big a man to say that I need you by my side. Somehow, Deborah said, I trust you enough to show the vision that God's given me and share it into your life. And Barak said, and I trust God enough in your life to say that if I'm going to go fight this battle, I'm not worried about it if you're with me. But if you're not with me, I'm not going. Some of you are trying to do something great in your life and you've connected yourself with people who do not reciprocate respect. Honor, love, grace, mercy to you. You say, well, I just pour out of my life to them because, you know, they, they need me. They need you, but you also need. Now, there is a time right now, uh, you know, my sons have been younger and now they're getting older because that's how chronology works, if you were concerned. And so now they're getting older. Well, it, when they were younger, you know, it, it, the, the, money, the money flowed from the parents to the children. And as, the, they, as they got older and older, the money flowed faster and faster. And now it's a mighty river that just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing. They think the Mississippi is mighty? Not as mighty as this. But eventually, let my sons be notified, that river will begin to slow down. And if they are 52 and still living in my house, the river is going to reverse itself. Because they're going to be paying some room and board. As I've gotten older, my parents, as I was younger, always wrote me checks. I lived with them. They fed me when I needed help. They wrote the check and sent it to me. But as I've gotten older, there have been several occasions in which I've been blessed to write a check myself and send it to them. There's been a couple of times I've been able to help them with the needs that they've had in their life. Because there's a reciprocating honor there. There's a a reciprocating relationship there don't try to do everything on your own but don't try to do it don't just partner with anybody make sure the person that you've partnered with in an effort is someone who respects and honors you as much as you're trying to respect and honor them if I don't say anything else that affects you today, I hope you write that down. I hope you memorize that. I hope you take it home. I hope that God will use it to in just improve and, and 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 advance your life in so many different ways. That will help you. And if you're a young person in here today and you're not yet married and you're not yet... Maybe you're dating, but you're not yet connected completely and, and, and so on and so forth. I encourage you, don't waste a lot of your time and waste a lot of your life... With with people, with boys, with girls who don't respect you enough to honor the faith that you have and honor the commitments that you've made and honor the direction that you have for your life and honor the the education that you're searching for in life and honor you enough to say, I will do what I need to do to honor and respect who you are and who God's called you to be. Deborah is mentoring us through life if you're in the house today and you're saying, "Well, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, you know, just trying to do it all myself. I really haven't connected with anybody yet." I encourage you. There is a barrack out there in the world right now that you need to find. You don't need to try to do it all by yourself. If you've been calling for 10,000 troops and they're not coming. It's because it's not your job to call them. I don't know. I'm just trying, to, just trying to raise up this business. I'm just trying to bring in those relationships. I'm just trying to pull this together. I'm just trying to make it all work. And if nothing seems to be working, then maybe there's a barrack out there that you need to connect with that can help you do what you're called to do. Deborah might say to us today, the vision God has given you is too big for any one of you, but not too big for all of you. Join with me. Join with people who respect you in life and who you respect in return. Partner together for a kingdom purpose and great things will happen. Great things will happen. God's mentoring you and I through the life of Deborah. In fact, God cares so much about you and me that He's given us the life of Deborah to look at. She knew her identity. She did great things from humble circumstances. And she learned to make the right connections in order to fulfill the God-given dream of her life. Her story can bring us direction. Her story can bring us encouragement. The question is this. Will you allow God's hand-picked mentor to guide you in the decision-making process? Or do you have to learn everything? I have a, somebody I'm close to that everything they do has to be learned the hard way. You can tell them and tell them and tell them and tell them. And they nod their head. And they agree with you. And then they go do everything just like they were going to do it in the first place before you ever opened your mouth more than once I've heard them say, why didn't you tell me? I did, but you wouldn't listen. It's fun to poke and laugh at those folks, but too often I've been that folk. I've done some things that were just plain dumb. And had I listened to those around me, I witnessed mistake but I wouldn't listen I was just going to do it my way and this morning the question is are you going to listen to the divine mentor let's fire our heads this morning our elders are coming forward and they're going to be getting ready to pray for you as we sing this last song but my prayer today my prayer today is that you and I would have the courage to, to hear the mentoring of Deborah, to open up our hearts and our lives to her and to her story and to the wisdom that our God has given us through her and that our lives, our identity would be stronger. That, that we would rise up in a and, and even from humble circumstances to do great things. And that we would not try to do it all on our own, but we could understand that through right relationship, we can accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. That's what we're doing here today as a church. We're together, working to do great things. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your people. I thank you for your word and for the life of Deborah that teaches us and guides us. I pray that you would give us the humility to hear and the courage to respond I pray mighty God that you would encourage our hearts and our minds to do right things sometimes just because they're right I pray that you would help us to learn the lesson that a mentor would teach versus feeling the pain of a lesson hard learned because we wouldn't listen incredible people that I get to worship with and grow with in this great church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we sing this last song.